You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com God bless football, Billy. God bless football, Stu God. You sound great today, by the way. Thank you. I mean, listen, if we uh, if we would do it in the afternoons, our regular show, I'd sound like this every day. I mean, all of a sudden, I'm doing a morning show. It's crazy. I didn't hear you sounding that bad last week. A lot of people disagreed with me, though. You sound um, normal to me. Maybe I'm just used to you. No, I'm going to tell you right now. It was the front end of God Bless Football. And mm. I'm telling you, it's the first time in my 20-year career of doing this where I was going to call you and say, Billy, I need to stop talking. Mm. I was not feeling good. I'm, you know, I'm sampling new medications right now for my thyroid. and oh, I needed, Well, I, no, but I talked about it on the main show. I talked about it earlier this week, Billy. You're right. And so I went back and listened. I'm okay, I think. I went back to listen to those first five or six minutes, and I understand why people would have been concerned because I was slurring my words. Now, I will tell you that the day before, we did our regular show, and then I spoke to Golick, and then I spoke to Chris Sims, and then I spoke to you just off air, and then I spoke to my wife off air, and then at 6 o'clock, all of a sudden, I get a text, hey, you got to interview Dwayne Wade with Levitard. Mm-hmm. And, so, and then Friday morning, we woke up and recapped the Dolphin game, and so I understand why people were concerned, because I myself went back to listen to those first three or four minutes. I did not sound good. Mm. I mean, worse than normal. Anyway, week 11, God bless football. God bless us, two gods. This is exciting. I have exciting news. Well, you know the news already because we do this together every day, but the listeners don't know the news. Give it to them. 
So from the podcast, well, this podcast, from the same podcast that's yes. brought you Mojo, Kronk's brother, Chris. Yes. Jabba Chamberlain. Ah, uh, yes. Matthew Cherry. Matthew, yeah, Tony Baselli. <laughs> Tony Baselli. I almost forgot Baselli. Yeah, Tony Baselli. Yes. And most recently, I think, Byron Kennedy, the guy that got the 600th <laughs> touchdown pass. Yes. We have a big guest this week. We have the biggest of guests this week. It's incredible. I can't believe it. I'm super excited. Why don't you tell the audience who we got? We have Andy Reid joining yes! the show this week. But like real yes. Andy Reid, not I like know, some real, fake yes, Andy yes. Reid that is like a trick of some kind. It's like actually Andy Reid is joining God Bless Football. Not a random Andy Reid that yeah, we pulled no. out of the phone book. Okay? This is actually real. This is real. Now, Mike Golick has a very long and good relationship with Andy Reid. Mike played for the Eagles. Andy Reid coached for the Eagles. Mike and Andy have known each other forever. Mm -hmm. And Andy Reid has not done a single interview this year. So there's been a lot of speculation about Mahomes and the offense and why it's down, although Mahomes had five touchdowns and no interceptions last week. Uh, but Andy Reid agreed to his word. He said he would join us at some point. And he would sit down with Mike Golick. It's so Mike Golick and myself, God bless football, an exclusive with the Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid, the real Andy Reid. The real the one. Fact, the fact that you and I have to point that out and promise the audience that it is indeed the real Andy Reid, the real Chiefs head coach, to me is very funny. God bless Andy Reid. God bless Andy Reid. You know what? God bless Golick. God bless Golick. Yeah, God bless Golick, man. I can't believe we got Andy Reid. This is super exciting. Golick tells me there's a chance we'll get Roger Goodell down the road. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, there's no chance of that. <laughs> I, know, I, I know that Mike is, you know, ambitious yeah. and he has these great relationships. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and bet. I don't even know what I would bet. I'll I'll bet you one of Chris Gronkowski's ice shakers that there's no chance that we're going to get Roger Goodell on this podcast. Okay. I'm not going to take the bet because I agree with you. <laughs> It'd be so great if we did, though. Could you imagine? Yes. No, I can't imagine. Anyway, Billy, how'd you do last week in our DraftKings contest? I didn't do well. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, have I, to finished, ask you I finished late in the 700s again, deep in the 700s. But I feel like this is my week. This is my week that things turn around. So, guys, I have a new strategy. I'm not going to share it with you because okay. every time I share my strategies, they end up not working out. But okay. I maintain that the strategies that I am kind of implementing are not my fault. And it's not the fault of the strategy so much as it's the fault of the players and not delivering on my strategy. So if you want to compete against us, me, Stu Gatz, everyone else on the show, Tony's finished in like 10th place a couple of different times. Whittingham does it. A bunch of people on the show do it. Go to dkng.co slash Levitard. You can compete against us every week in fantasy. And this is the week, Stu Gatz, this is the week that I'm going to crack the top 500. I'm not even going to pretend like I'm going to finish the top 10. I just want to get in the top 500. That's it. That's okay. all I want. I'm, I'm glad you set the bar so low for yourself where you just want to be in the top half of our That's pool. not low. That's very high because I'm coming <laughs> off of an 800th place finish, a 790th place finish. 500 would be like an immense improvement for me. <laughs> I will tell you, if I wanted to win every week, I would. No, of course uh, but I don't because Billy and I want the fans to win. Okay? Yeah, we want you guys to win. I tell Billy, here's the lineup, okay? And then Billy's like, switch this, that, this. Let the fans win, okay? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> Me too. That's what I'm doing also. 
Um, all right. I am excited. We are just a mere moments away. So play with us. Play against us. The Lebertard Show uh, at DraftKings. Like Billy said, we appreciate DraftKings and them uh, supporting and sponsoring the show. Uh, but, Billy, we are just moments away from Andy Reid. Okay? The real this one. Is the re- <laughs> you have to keep pointing that out. Because people aren't going to believe it. No, and here's the beautiful thing about it. Not only do we get him after a 5 tutty zero interception game from Patrick Mahomes, and he is back, we think. <laughs> but we get him after that game and before, Billy, God bless football, before the game of the week, mm-hmm. Cowboys and Chiefs, we have Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. No one else does except for us. How about that? Another who's who games to guts? It is a who's who. <laughs> is this a who's who game? Uh, hmm. If Dallas would have lost, it definitely would have been a who's who game, right? Because they had a bad game two weeks ago. Last week, they kind of righted the ship. <sighs> I this mean, is a show me something game if you're Dallas. They need to show me something. Go on the road, beat a team like the Chiefs who are coming off a big win. Show me something. I have said Dallas might be the best team in the NFL. I've said it every week since week one. Show it to me this week. How about that? Show me something. Well, what is it for the Chiefs? I don't know. (laughs) Just another home game. (laughs) God bless football. Very exciting. We're going to have Andy Reid on God Bless Football, the Kansas City Chiefs head coach, the former Eagles head coach. Uh, I'm super excited for it, but we will get to that in just a second as Mike Golick Sr. joins us. Uh, Mike, we're a week away from what I believe is your favorite holiday, correct? We're like a week away from it. This is exciting for you, right? It's right there. I mean, the two times I didn't enjoy Thanksgiving is when I actually played an NFL game because it interrupted me stuffing my pie hole. Because there's nothing (laughs) like stuffing your pie hole and then undoing your pants and sitting on the couch. That's why I always had to ask my wife, if we are going somewhere, are we going to a place where they will not be offended when I undo my pants when I'm dating? Because I'm going to do it. Right. It's going to happen. Uh-huh. So or anywhere that people are going to be offended, let's just not go. Right. And which kid is uh, is most embarrassed by you uh, with the unbuttoning of the pants? It has to be Sid, right? Like that. What the f*** are you doing? You shit me? They all do it. <laughs> that's, called, you know, that, that's called good parenting is what that's called <laughs> yeah you're yeah. right <laughs> there, there's nothing embarrassing in the Golik house when it comes to food Billy is there anything better than an unbuttoning of the pants after a Thanksgiving meal it is a fantastic feeling now do you just straight up unbutton do you try to hide it with the belt maybe you unbutton the pants but you keep the belt a little bit closed or you're no, just no, you don't I, have any I, shame I, before I sit down and that's the thing it, uh, there are some houses that I go to where I can wear nice sweats and then I don't have to worry about it but right for the most part you got to wear pants and no I, I I let them all know this is happening Okay. So you can either avert your eyes, you can either act like it's not happening, whatever. If you'd like me to throw a blanket over, okay, fine. <laughs> but the unbuttoning is inevitable. Wait, so you manage the expectations on the front end? You are telling people, listen, yeah. as you walk into the house, listen, yeah. we are going to eat a lot of food. And when I'm done eating said food, I am unbuttoning my pants and yeah. sitting on your couch. That's yeah. what happens? Okay. Yeah. And I said, listen, I'm not taking them off. My pants right. are still going to be on. Right, it's right. just going to be unbuttoned. Nothing... Uh. Nothing sordid is going to happen. Nothing, nothing's going to fall out or anything like that. I'm just unbuttoning uh-huh. my pants. That's you know, very nice to, of you. To let my stomach breathe. You know. That's yes. All. 
Has anyone ever said no? I mean, <laughs> no. Well, no, because if they did, there would have been the story then of how I said good night and walked out. But so, no, that never happened. Why are we even doing this? Why are we doing formal Thanksgivings when everybody's in the same boat as you? Like you're comfortable enough to unbutton your pants, but everyone else is feeling it, right? So why are we dressing up and going through well, all of this? Mo most of the the places that we've gone, well, we go to our our friends the Perianos who we take trips with. We usually go over there. And, and Billy, you're right. We're very comfortable. So that's a place where I can wear some sweats to, you know, and, and we are all very, very comfortable with each other. And, and at there, I don't even have to announce if I happen to have pants on that I was unbuckling them. That would just be expected <laughs> at that house. Wait, Mike, are you saying there are certain years, two years, where the NFL, your job, got in the yeah. way of Thanksgiving yes. and you yes. were pissed off about it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. One time when I was in Philly, played in Dallas, and my last year in the league in Miami, when we played, right. uh, played in Dallas in that snow game, when uh, Leon Lett, they blocked our, our field goal and Leon Lett slid into it and we recovered it and had an extra kick and won the game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. I mean, I listen, I love playing football, but... You know, it interrupted, you know, the the, uh, the meal. You like eating more. I mean, that's it. <laughs> I don't blame you. But no, but it, it, I find this to be fascinating because I remember LeBron James complained, had the audacity one year to complain, hey, I'm never with my family on Christmas. Like, I have to play in these NBA games. And so I'm wondering, was that a common theme amongst NFL players? Like, they didn't like playing in the Thanksgiving game? Uh, no, they, they like playing in it. Because the one they thing did. about Thursday yeah. football, and it's amazing. We played on Thanksgiving. That's Thursday football. You know what nobody yeah. cared about back then? Our health. You know, right. like everybody, oh, my God, they can't play. We can't play on Thursdays. We did it for years. And you know what? You only do it. Every team only does it once, so I don't want to hear about it. We did it. And you know what everybody did? They got their turkey leg, and they sat down to watch us battle. And that one person said, oh, I hope they're okay. I hope they're fine. Mike, no, Mike. But today, everybody bitches about, oh, my God, the safety. They can't play on Thursdays. Sure they can they can play on Thursdays, and then they got 10 days till their next game. Mike, in the NFL's defense, it might have been healthier for you to play a football game on short rest than it would be to actually let you go to a Thanksgiving meal. It might have been healthier for you and safer for you to go play and knock heads with somebody for 60 minutes. They, they were actually doing me a favor. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You got to yes. save Golick's life, schedule his team to play. Yes. Right. Mike, there was not much movement. No. Uh, there wasn't any movement, really, with the college football playoffs so we're getting to an interesting part of the season where the big Ten's going to start canceling each other out right. and so uh what are your thoughts headed into this so so it didn't matter really you know you knew what it was going to be ohio state four michigan six michigan state seven doesn't matter that that's that's all going to take care of itself i think the winner of their division will win the big 10 and if it's a one loss team which it'll be at, at a one i believe it'll be a one loss team i guess yeah. it could work out where it's not but if it's a one-loss team, Big Ten champs getting in the Final Four. So if, say, Michigan State dumped Ohio State this week, in my opinion, Michigan State would jump ahead of Cincinnati. If Ohio State beats Michigan State, Michigan State drops. Ohio State stays at four as long as Oregon wins. And then the week after, if Michigan plays Ohio State and Michigan beats Ohio State, Michigan will jump ahead of Cincinnati. So Cincinnati has to hope uh, really, the look is two. Alabama losing to Georgia, because if Alabama gets a second loss, 
they're out, in my opinion. I know some people say they're going to be No out. matter what. I don't agree with it. I think they're going to be out. And okay. Oregon. Oregon's at wild card. Oregon's still with Utah and Oregon State and the Pac-12 championship game. Now, they're playing some pretty good ball. They start out slow, but then they usually pick it up. And if they lose, I mean, that's what Cincinnati has to hope for. And because the rest of Cincinnati's strength of schedule is horrific, Notre Dame's their best win, so they need Notre Dame to keep winning, which they should because Notre Dame plays two below 500 teams in Georgia Tech uh, and Stanford. But that's how I see it going. Uh, I think Ohio State's playing some great ball right now. I don't see them losing. I, I, I think Ohio State runs the rest of the table, beats Michigan State, beats Michigan, wins the Big Ten Championship, and they're in. And if Oregon runs the table, they're in. And if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, they're in. Those are going to be your four teams if that scenario holds true. I actually am calling Alabama this week. Arkansas is at Alabama. Arkansas is a nice story. Sam Pittman, I like him as a coach, second year, building that team. But still, they're not going to be, I don't think, a match for Alabama. So that's how I see it going. Cincinnati needs Alabama to lose or Oregon to lose because I think the Big Ten, a one-loss Big Ten team, is going to be in. All right, so I agree with you. The one of the teams from the Big Ten is is going to get in, yeah. and if Oregon runs the table, yes, they are certainly going to get in. Yep. And Georgia, I think at this point, even losing to Alabama is already in. So I think Georgia. So so it's really getting down to will it be Alabama, <laughs> which Big Ten team, and will it be Alabama or Cincinnati? So I will present this scenario to you. Be a fan for a second, not an analyst. Okay, and and view it from, like, just follow me down this path. It's Georgia, it's Alabama, SEC championship game. Georgia wins by a point. It's a fantastic game. I would rather see that game run back again, okay? (laughs) One versus four, than have Cincinnati get blown out by Georgia. So, here's here's the thing. If the committee's job is to put the four best teams in, they they would put Alabama in. Okay. Because in a scenario like that, I, I think Alabama is better than Cincinnati. But right. I don't know if they'll do it. But if you're t- asking me, is Alabama still one of the best four teams on a one-point or a last-second field goal loss to Georgia? I would say, yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't, I don't know if the committee would do that. Maybe they would. Maybe they, they – disdain is a wrong word, but maybe they have such a lack of respect for the group of five as opposed to so much respect – for Alabama and the and the top part of the SEC. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think they have so much respect for the Power Five, and they also fear that if they put, God forbid, Cincinnati gets in and starts beating these teams, right? Well, well the only thing is, you know, <laughs> anybody who says, oh, sure, let Cincinnati in, they'll get their asses beat. Well, so what? Oklahoma's got their ass beat. Notre Dame's got their ass beat. So Power Five teams have gotten beat badly in the Final Four. So if it's Cincinnati yes. and they get beat badly, I'm not going to throw my arms up and go, see, see, they don't belong there because there have been, there have been power five teams that have gotten crushed in the final four. No, but Mike, I think they run the risk of Cincinnati actually beating Georgia and then moving forward, the committee is now faced with, oh shit, we got to put all these teams in. It, you, you know, know it's, it's all going to change those two because it's going to go to 12 sooner rather than later. You're right. Yep. Yeah. So, That's so a good point. That, that'll be a moot point. Mike, what chance do you give a team like Oklahoma State? I mean, They've got a lot of really good wins. They still get to play Oklahoma. Like that, that could be your Big Twelve champion right there. So who are they jumping? If, if in the scenario, that's my, that's the question. Yeah. <laughs> if if Oregon wins out, if Ohio State wins out, they're not jumping either one of them. If you want to get in, because by that time, to your point, 
Ohio State would have beaten Michigan State and Michigan. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State will pass Notre Dame. Oklahoma State is one spot behind Notre Dame. Oklahoma State has some tough games left, plus a Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State would end up, in all likelihood, at number six, right behind Cincinnati. They might even jump Cincinnati and be five to Cincinnati six. So I get what you're saying. You'll see a steady climb by them if they keep winning because Michigan State and Michigan will be losing. If they are losing to Ohio State, they'll fall. And like I said, I think Oklahoma State at some point jumps Notre Dame as well. So Oklahoma State is an interesting one, Mike, because of where they're going to jump up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but, but I still think they'll need a little bit more help in front of them. Um, Jimbo Fisher. He says, uh, listen, I know all of you think coaches are liars. Um, yes, we think that because most of them are. Uh, any chance he stays at Texas A&M? Uh, or do you think he's going to leave for LSU if he gets offered that job? Boy, oh boy. Because, that, Mike, I think he's going to be offered that job. I, I think he is, too. I, listen, LSU is going to shoot high. We know that for sure. And, again, what's the? it's not going to be money. You know, you're talking about a coach there who it's not money. I mean, making all the money in the world at Texas A&M. You know, when he beat Alabama this year, could you imagine he talked about this program? He talked about the beginning of the year beating Alabama. Now, unfortunately, they had losses before that. That certainly didn't help uh, and after. So, but is he getting that program there? And then such a big win over about, could you imagine if he left now? Oh, my God. Wouldn't shock me with coaches today. Wouldn't shock me. Um, but. I, 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 man, I, I don't know. I That's when I really don't know or if he thinks that he can get things going off that win at Alabama of how much that could help him going forward. All right, so you're kicking me out for Andy yeah, Reid? Yeah. Oh, Andy's okay. coming on? Yeah, you're, you're out. Yeah. And let me talk to Andy. <laughs> All right, uh, I have to get out of here because uh, Mike's embarrassed and ashamed of me, and I don't blame him, quite frankly. So uh, a couple of old friends cutting it up. Go look at Andy Reid. Have fun, Mike, okay? Yeah, I will. See you. For me... Coach, we're in the holiday season, and I, I got to know because we're this in our neighborhood. We're the big candy bar in our neighborhood. We we give full size candy bars out, so we're the popular house. <laughs> what does the the Reed House give out for for uh, Halloween? Yeah, my well, my wife does it. I'm, I end up being in the the office, but we go big too. It, you know, go big or go home, man. So we we give them a. Uh, you know, if it's M- I, I'm an M&M guy, but it, it, peanut M&M. So um, give them the big bag. I, I, Let's go. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with it. We actually had a, a mom of a two-year-old say, hey, could you actually have some small candy? We don't want, I don't want my two-year-old, you know, chomping down a huge Hershey candy bar. And I was like, I felt good about that. I'm like, all right, this is cool. I'm, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing the, uh, the youth right. So, so then after that, this is always the big thing as well, is right when Halloween ends, we put up our Christmas tree and decorations. So when you're driving through your neighborhood, like when you're coming home from work and you see Christmas decorations up right after Halloween, are you good with that or are you against that? Well, listen, I start listening to Christmas music right after Halloween, but I don't tell my wife because she gets the house decorated for Thanksgiving. So she she goes all out with it and... Um, and I just by, I kind of bypass it and go to right to Christmas. But um, I'm, I'm semi-okay with it, but I want to keep my girlfriend with me for a while here. So 
I don't listen. I don't blame you one bit. You, you happy wife, happy life. I get that. Uh, That's right. Without a doubt. But I'm with you. Like the the Sirius XM, they have all those different holiday stations, so you can start uh, always start singing along with those. Those are those are awesome. The uh, yeah. I did I didn't realize we have one teammate in common, you and I, and it's Jim McMahon. You were a teammate of his at BYU, and he was a teammate of mine in Philadelphia. So, and yeah. I know, I know how he was in Philly. How, how was he as a teammate at BYU? He, well, he's a phenomenal teammate. Now, if I was the head coach, it might've put some gray hairs on my head, but uh, he and coach Edwards, Lavelle Edwards, um, worked it out with each other. I mean, they, they both respected each other and Jim could be Jim McMahon and still at the same time play at BYU, which was uh, quite a juggling act. Yeah, listen, I'm with you. I, just what you said, I have always said about him is he'd drive a coach nuts, but man, as a teammate, he was he was such a phenomenal guy. Uh, and and I, again, I'll, I'll get into the football in a minute, but I love, like, listen, to me, you're, you're going to be a Hall of Fame coach. And so for players and or coaches like that, I always like their road a little bit. And I know you were a GA at BYU when you finished there before you got your first coaching job at San Francisco State. So... Kind of go back there a little bit to me. When you were an old line coach, you started out, I think you were at four or five colleges before you got to the Packers and starting out and how that was then, obviously compared to now being the head coach in the NFL is pretty wild, but just kind of some, what kind of molded you as a coach when you got into it? Yeah, well, I've, I've worked for Lavelle Edwards. Roger French was my line coach. He was phenomenal. I played at BYU and and then I, I stayed on and uh, and – became a GA for a couple of years. And then Mike Holmgren came on staff and he had just come from San Francisco state. So I went and uh, went out there. He, both he and uh, coach Edwards got, got me an interview out there with uh, Vic Rowan, who was a long time old, old time coach. Um, and so I went out there and I got the job. I stayed there for a couple of years and then went to uh, Northern Arizona from there where I met Brad Childers. Brad was the offensive coordinator there. I was the line coach. And then we worked for Larry Katerra, who was a longtime uh, defense coordinator for Frank Cush at Arizona State. And is still living. I mean, he's, he's getting close to 100 years old. He, he's wow. an amazing guy. Yeah, he's in his 90s. So, um, and then from there, I went down to University of Texas at El Paso and spent a couple years there. And, and uh, Dirk Cutter and I were together at San Francisco State when I went to Northern Arizona, Dirk went to UTEP, and then I went down there after a year, or really 10 months at NAU, I went down to UTEP to be with Dirk. He was the offensive coordinator there. And then the whole staff from there, after a couple of years, we went to the Independence Bowl, actually played Brett Favre in the Independence Bowl. <laughs> and we moved all, the whole staff moved to um, Missouri, University of Missouri and Columbia here. So um Bob Stowe being the head coach, Dirk being the coordinator, I was still the line coach. And then um, and then I stayed there for a couple of years. Mike Holmgren ended up hiring me when he got the head coaching job at San Francisco at a, at a Green Bay Packers. So I ended up moving to Green Bay, stayed there seven years, then went to Philadelphia as a head coach. And, um, you know, and then from there to Kansas City. So it's, it's, it's been a wild ride, but yeah. it's been a great one. It's it's I love seeing that ride. And then you talked about all the guys you worked for or with. And now there's 
got double digits of coaches that are under your tree that, you know, you were the head coach and they were assistant and they're out being head coaches now. It's just a very cool circle that I don't think enough people uh, appreciate. Uh, so obviously, you know, two head coaching stops with success in Philly and then obviously success in Kansas City. So, you know, we sit here and look at, at your team this year. And I mean, listen, you play great the last two years. You, you struggle a little bit this year. A lot of it is turnover. So while all, there's all this outside noise on all the analysts and, and fans who have the answers, what do you see on the inside as, because it's never one thing, it's always a few things, as some of the things that, that have tripped you guys up at times? Yeah, so I, and this is what's weird. Sometimes the players don't know and the coaches don't. We're trying to figure out what the problem is. This one like kind of smacked us all right in the face with uh, turnovers being one of them. I mean, that was a big thing. Penalties, I mean, these things that you that, – and they were guys that normally don't do that. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's trying too hard or concentrate, you know, whatever it is. It, it, uh, whatever the, the mode of operation is to make those things happen, we were off a tick. And so we had drop balls from guys that weren't dropping balls. And I, I thought, you know what, we, we've got to – kind of get our own personality. Don't try to be what we've been the last two years. Just be what you are. And we got a lot of new faces in certain spots, important spots. So your offensive line, there's a bunch of new faces. Um, and and so in the secondary, there's some new faces. And um, at linebacker, there's some young guys stepping in there and playing. So you got to develop your own personality. And I think we're kind of in the middle of doing that uh, throughout the season. And sometimes you go through some hard times and you got you got to work through it. And, and, uh, and that helps uh, kind of create what you are, and and, um, and and then you have to fight. You have to fight a little bit there to overcome those things that, that are hindering you. And so uh, we're in the middle of it. We, we're just a little past halfway point of the season, and we've got uh, we've got some good teams that we're playing starting, you know, this week with yeah. we've you know with the Cowboys. I mean, it's a good football team. So we've got to make sure that. Um, we take care of business and, and keep growing. It's amazing. There, there are people that you, we forget. There are actually other teams that are striving, you know, knowing you guys are at the top that are actually trying to build to beat you guys, too. It's like nobody's staying stagnant. Sure. So that, that happens as well. The world also, you know, listen, we know this, this, this world in, the, in football revolves around the quarterback and all the world and, and analysts and everybody's saying, oh, my God, everybody's playing that deep cover, too. And Patrick's got to learn to throw underneath and this and that. What what do you see out of out of him, if anything different from from the past? Yeah, well, it, it is different. It's a little different look. We saw a little bit of it last year and um, it, it's just his personality is to kind of rip your heart out with with, with some shots. This is a little different. You you got to you have to check it down when you need to check it down, and and um, and, and still be able to run the ball well and do all the things that you know mix mix up different schemes and and we've all got a little piece of that. Um, uh, whether it's myself or Eric Bieniemy calling the plays, whether it's the offensive line doing their thing, whether it's you know, um, the receivers, and uh, we've all got a little bit of that. And so, um, which is the great thing about this sport. So we're all trying to all trying to fix it and get it right. Well, there was one, uh, you know, this this was supposed to be uh, on with, with Stu Gotts as well, and I didn't want him on, quite honestly. 
Andy. I, I didn't want him part <laughs> of this because because I, I hearken back to when you made the switch to Patrick Holmes from Alex Smith. And this is this is what Stu said at the time. Go ahead, Andy Reid. I dare you to go 14 and two and allow Alex Smith to leave Arrowhead Stadium to leave Kansas City. Go ahead. I dare you because of Patrick Mahomes, because you think you could turn Patrick Mahomes into something that Alex Smith is not. Alex Smith is a very good quarterback. The audacity. First off, to do this to Alex Smith, who's been very good and loyal to Andy Reid and won him a lot of football games to dangle Patrick Mahomes out there because Andy Reid thinks he's some sort of quarterback whisperer, which he is not, by the way. He is not, because if he was, Alex Smith would be better than he's been the last few years. So I, I oh, wow. dare... There was, I mean, that's a record for contradiction. It's on Andy Reid. That, that is... A, that is I mean, a, the only that reason is, Alex that, Smith that, is not that, better no, than Andy Reid. That sets a world record for Stugatz not paying attention to any of the things he said the sentence before. I mean, it, it just it's just embarrassing. Andy, I even said... You know what, man, going from Alex Smith now to Patrick Mahomes, don't expect too much out of Patrick his first year because, you know, he hasn't started for a year and all he did was throw 50 touchdowns. So, you know, and sure. I'll, leave, I'll leave you with this. I mean, it's just, you, you saw something. And man, when, when I remember we talked about it that year, uh, you saw something special in the guy and I've met him a few times and he seems like the greatest guy off the field too. But uh, you made a whole lot of people eat, uh, eat, eat their words way back when. Well, I'll tell you, I, I love Alex Smith too. So I, yeah. I just keep that record straight there. He's one of the best I've been around. So, um, you know, he he uh, and he he went down. He proved all that. So he he's uh, been tremendous. He helped us get this whole thing going, and I respect the dog out of that. And then Patrick has you know done a nice job too. So and and both of them are fans of each other, which is maybe the best thing. Uh, and and Patrick owes a lot to Alex for showing him how to be a pro really. So it's a, you know, it was a win-win that way. Oh, it was a great relationship. And I know you have all the respect for Alex. That's just Stu Gatz being Stu Gatz. That's why I didn't want him anywhere near this, uh, this interview to save you from that, uh, from that hell escape. <laughs> that is uh, Stu Gatz. Andy, I appreciate uh, the time. Best of luck. Obviously I know Cowboys big game. Well, they're all big games now um, are coming to the back half of the season. And, and if you can, I know it's tough because you spend a lot of time coaching. Enjoy, enjoy the holiday season as best you can. And always good to talk to you, Andy. Thanks. You too, Mike. Have a great one. Enjoy the family too. Thanks. I'll see you. All right. Golik sent me a text saying, I'm welcome back in the Zoom now. Andy Reid is no longer with us. Uh, how did it go? How did your time? How did your see, time? Yeah. It, it, it went great. Let me tell you, I'm so f- happy that I kept you away from this interview. Right. Like, yay, I know you have the question. So, so for so, everybody out there, if, if Stu was in this interview, if it was me, him, and Andy, Stu was going to ask these questions the first one isn't too bad have you ever had a picnic on the field at arrowhead wow that's Topical. a good question thank you billy thank you yep he, I mean, my, that fork mike he left a fork on the field someone left a fork on the field that you know what in all honesty that that's not a bad question thank you all right okay. good all right, all right and then it just goes downhill yeah go ahead uh did you ever think that during the rough stretch this year that patrick mahomes was a bust <laughs> Billy, good question, right? Oh, no. I mean, it's stunning to me. <laughs> I, I, I actually hear analysts say, I think I heard one say, Patrick Mahomes is broken. I'm like, do we forget about the two years when he was great and he struggled a little bit this year? And you want to ask if he's a bust? ESPN spent the day saying, is Patrick Mahomes the problem in Kansas City? Oh <laughs> a day, God. a full day. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Billy, Billy burnt There's off. There's only one way we would have known if you would have asked. <laughs> Billy burnt off. <laughs> Thank right. you, Billy. <laughs> Go on, Mikey. What was the next speaking, question? Speaking of Mahomes, question number three, would you trade Mahomes for Rogers straight up? Wow. <laughs> Good question. Wow. Good question. Wow. Thank you, Billy. <laughs> well, not, not, not that that wouldn't be tampering at all. <laughs> How quick a fine would come his way? Aaron Rodgers is, I think, 13 years older than Patrick Mahomes. I had two more. I said them. Uh, was your past experience with Terrell Owens the reason you didn't go after Odell Beckham Jr.? <laughs> Side note, how much do you despise Terrell Owens? Wow. <laughs> wow. Those are good questions, I mean, Billy. Right? On the, surface, know who on on the surface, when you ask them, they sound decent, but then when you think about them, it makes me cringe a little bit. Yeah, I know it does. Uh, is that it, Mike? Hey, it no, do, I have to, do I have to tell you the last yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. People need <laughs> to hear what Stu is going to say to this man. It just says, hey, how about that Gruden thing? <laughs> Thank God. So you were just going to make a statement and see yeah. how he answered it. Yeah. Hey, John Gruden. You weren't going to give him an open-ended nope. question. Nope. Hey, how just, about that John Gruden thing? Just John Gruden in a blank canvas for him to read the villain. Oh, God. <laughs> Billy? They made the right, they made the right decision. <laughs> oh, you too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, Billy and Mikey A, did, did did I make the right decision in booting him from this thing? Uh, yeah, four out of five of those questions can't be asked. Because here's the thing, yeah. I'd like Andy to come back someday, and my friendship with him can only take us so far. Yeah, the, you're right. If the sto if the Stugatz thorn turns into a Stugatz spear, we're all. <laughs> Right. Yeah, okay, you're right, Mike. You made the right call. <laughs> God bless Golik. <laughs> God bless football. It is time for this week's edition of Stu You Gots. I have no idea what my records are. Everything is being disputed. I'm not certain Billy's keeping track. I have no idea. All our lines are courtesy of our friends over at DraftKings. But let's start with college. Billy told me to be quick, so I'm going to be quick. We start Friday night. Big game. San Diego State minus 10 over UNLV. I haven't watched either team play the entire season. I could not name a single player on either team, but that will not stop me from taking San Diego State by 20 points over UNLV. We go to Iowa State and Oklahoma, Big 12. Oklahoma's minus four coming off a loss. They're taking on Iowa State. Iowa State's not very good. Oklahoma, I'm not certain they're any good, but they are coming off a loss. They want to prove the doubters right. They are minus four, Oklahoma by 10 points over Iowa State. Big game, Ohio State, Michigan State, Big 10, playoff implications, Sparty Party. Ohio State has a look-ahead game. They play Michigan the next week. Michigan State, they don't win the game, but they cover the 19 points. Ohio State wins by a touchdown. Alabama, style points, anyone? 20 and a half at home. They're taking on Arkansas. Alabama wins that game by 35 points. I'm not even certain I believe what it is I just said. SMU, 
plus 10. Take it on Cincinnati. Cincinnati, I thought you were better. I thought you would go for style points. SMU is a sneaky good team. I am picking the upset. I am picking SMU not only to cover, but to win the game outright. Cincinnati, the party is over. SMU wins by a field goal, and they're getting 10 points. Oregon, I think, plus three at Utah. Take it on the Utes. Oregon needs a win to stay all to stay in playoff contention. I have Oregon doing it on the road. They beat Utah by 10 points. We move to UTSA. UTSA. The SA in UTSA stands for survive and advance. And they will survive and advance this week. They are minus four against UAB. UTSA by two tutties. We go to the NFL. I am on fire. Bills minus seven over the Colts. I have the Bills by two touchdowns over Carson Wentz. The Eagles by seven points over the Saints. We move on to the Packers at Minnesota. Perhaps the game of the weekend. There was a time I thought Minnesota was the best team in the NFL. I was wrong. Now I think the Packers might be the best team in the NFL. But I could be wrong. This week I'll be right. The Packers win by two touchdowns. Carolina Panthers at home against the Washington football team. Revenge game for Ron Rivera. He does not get his revenge. Cam Newton does on Ron Rivera. They're friends. The Panthers win by 10 points. Chargers and Herbert. I'm really not confident in this pick. Why? Because since Chris Cody has become a Charger fan, Herbert's been the worst quarterback in the NFL. The Chargers, perhaps the worst team in the NFL. How about that? Chargers by 10 points over the Steelers. Those are the picks, everyone. Good luck. Chris Sims with us. Check him out. Unbutton Podcast, Football Night in America, PFT with Mike Florio. Uh, God bless football every week. We appreciate his time as always. I am confused by the Jets because this season should be all about whether or not they have a quarterback in Zach Wilson. And then, because Zach got hurt, whether or not they have a viable backup or some sort of trade commodity with Mike White because everyone's always looking for a good young quarterback. And yet here the Jets are starting Joe Flacco against the Dolphins this week. Why? Listen, I'm a little confused, too. I am. You know, I, I hear what you're saying, Stu Gatz. I think, you know, what you're saying with the trade commodities, like, that's the thing I look at. You know, you develop them first off, yeah, maybe he could be a really good backup for your team. And Zach Wilson, there's always value in that. You continue to develop them, you know, to get him the reps. And then maybe next preseason he does well when a team has an injury to their backup or their starter. And now – you get, you know, some value back in return for a guy like that. Uh, so I am surprised. But I also think we got to put ourselves in the shoes of the GM or the head coach a little bit. And, and it don't look good right now. I mean, the Jets aren't losing. It's gone from like, hey, okay, yeah, we're going to lose. We're rebuilding to you're getting your asses whooped every week. And I think that's playing into this a little bit as well. Now, I know he played good against the Bengals. And, uh, you know, I know I've been a little bit funny with him, and but it's really I'm trying to yell at the Jets fans more than, than <laughs> get mad at Mike White. Right. But even in the Bengals game, it was this close to being a, a disaster. It was very close. You know, it worked out for him, and that's good, and he did some good things, there's no doubt. He threw two interceptions in that game. He probably could have thrown four or five in that game. You know, the next week, hey, it's the Colts game. 
You know, I know he has the one drive, but you know, not dependable. You know, he wasn't great as far as his presence in the pocket that day, like thinking, hey, I'm going to get this throw off. <sighs> gets crushed, gets hit. Of course, that was part of the reason he got hurt. Last week was a disaster. It was, you know, flat, plain and simple. And last week, I know he threw four interceptions. Like, no Joe could have thrown seven or eight. Probably had another two or three that hit Bills players right in the chest. And now this week, yeah, he's going to play a team or was going to play a team in the Dolphins that do a lot of different complicated things. And it's a lot for a young quarterback to process. They're a talented defense just like Buffalo. And I think they probably looked at it like, man, they just wanted somebody that they felt like could handle that situation and kind of limit the damage to a degree. But, I, again, I won't lie. I'm a little surprised by it like used to guys. Yep, I mean they had Joe Flacco on the roster last year. They do. They could have just resigned him. You know, no doubt. I don't know why that didn't happen. I really don't. Right. I know they had yeah. a lot of respect for Joe Flacco at the backup when he was there last year. Uh, but you know, of course, it was a new coaching regime that came in. They don't know him, and you know they went their own way here. But uh, I, I will say I'm a little surprised by the Mike White thing. Maybe I also look at it and go, maybe they just don't want to flirt with danger either. I think that's the other aspect. Maybe they look at it and they go, they don't want Mike White to go out there and throw for 400 yards again and have to hear this all into the offseason. If he puts a game here, he plays well. Okay, then he plays well in another game, and all of a sudden we got to hear about him versus Zach Wilson. I don't think they want that too. They're trying to shape their team for the future here, and maybe that's part of the decision as well. Uh, Sims, that's an interesting take. Like, they don't want Mike White to have too much success because it might affect Zach. Well, and then how do you sit him after that? So that's that's, that's well, that's right, exactly. Right? How do they sit yes. him after that? They don't want to hear in the offseason <laughs> about hey, your number two pick is competing with Mike White, or are you going to give Mike White a chance to compete? I certainly could see that being you know part of this this decision and, and why they did it. I'm hesitant to ask this, but uh, I'm really hesitant to ask this. Any concerns with Brady and the Bucks? What's going on there? <laughs> well, yeah, no, there's a, it's not concerns. You know, I think, again, this is what I try to tell people all the time. Brady's not one of the five best quarterbacks in football anymore. He's good. He's great. You can win a Super Bowl. But as you see, like when he's not protected or people are not open, he's not going to make any plays to help the team out that way. You know, he still can throw the hell out of the football. There's no doubt about that. But, like, I, I would tell people, you know, go check out my Wednesday What the F*** Happened podcast because I broke down some plays from the Washington game this past week. You know, it's a little what we've seen, you know, throughout his career, except now he's 45 and it's, it's accentuated. When he gets hit a little bit, it starts to affect his decision-making. And I, I know that that happens to all quarterbacks to a degree. But to him, it's a little bit more of a, a higher degree than maybe some of the other guys we know in football. So last week, he gets hit early in the football game. You heard Bruce Arians talk about, I wish there was a few plays he held on to the ball during his weekly press conference. And he goes, there's two or three I wish he would have held. Well, I watched the game closely, and I broke it down. No, there's about seven or eight. And to me, great quarterback play is maximizing what's there to be had on the field. And – got hit early, and then there was a number of plays where he dropped back and he didn't look downfield. He just looked to throw the ball to Leonard Fournette. Let's get off. It's first down. Let's get the drive going. And you go, okay, great. But there was a 25-yard seam route wide open that you should have thrown. 
And now you didn't get a field goal on this drive because you didn't take advantage of that. And you ended up punting. And so there was a number of plays like that. They need to get back to running the football a little bit better. You know, they need Gronk and AB back. You know, and to me, when they're at their best is when they run the ball a little bit and then they max protect Brady, keep a tight end in, keep a running back in so he feels comfortable and then he'll throw lasers around the field. The other thing about the Bucks, Stugatz, their secondaries beat up. Their corners are beat up. So that's not allowing Todd Bowles to be as aggressive. And we've seen like the Saints and Washington kind of bleed them out to, for lack of a better way to say, five-yard completion, eight-yard completion, 10-yard completion, five-yard completion. So those are the two things that I think have jumped out to me uh, over the last two weeks about the Bucs. I want to uh, I want to ask you about Odell Beckham Jr. Chris because I, I I find him to be fascinating. No one questions his talent, right? Like he's one of the most talented guys we've ever seen at that position. But I do believe there is something to when that guy, when that presence is on your team and he's on the field and he's playing, you feel the need to get him the ball. And we saw it in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. And through one game, we saw with Matthew Stafford where they're trying to force it into Odell Beckham. I'm not saying it's Odell's fault. Do you believe in that there's a guy, a presence, an ego that's so big that a quarterback feels pressured in some way to try to get him the football? Well, yeah, to a degree. Also, you feel pressure to get him the ball because you're like, damn, he's good. I want to get him the ball so he can yes. play for our football team. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, you know? there's that. Right? So, and that is why, like, also, I think, you know, I was a proponent of him going to a place with the quarterback that's established, though they won't feel that pressure. If it was Rodgers, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Brady, whatever, they're not going to worry. Stafford, I don't think he's going to be worried about it either. You know, I think, listen, there was the one play on the interception, the first interception. Play action pass, he was covered. He broke to the sideline because I think he thought, wait, he I, the ball's not here, and I think he lost track of him. So he, th- I think he thought he was scrambling. And he, he broke to the sideline the wrong way. And I really don't know why Stafford threw the ball. I don't. But either way, he put it up there. And, yes, now this conversation starts to go. But I don't think Stafford's going to feel the pressure. I don't. He's played with Megatron. He understands what it's like to be around a guy like that. And he has a good team and system around him to where I think McVeigh will be able to convey to him like, just let the offense work to you. I'm going to drop a lot of plays to OBJ that the ball will go to him. But don't force it. If he's not open, go to your second and third read. And, you know, vice versa. We're going to have a lot of plays for Cooper Cup. Don't force it. If he's not open, here comes Odell or Van Jefferson across the field. Go to them. You know, but I will say this. They did need – I think their logic is they're a little thin at the running back position. Darrell Henderson's been hurt a little bit. Sony Michelle has a knee that is never, I don't think, going to be the same from, from what I hear. And I think they're scared, like, man, one more injury to the running game, they, they're going to have to rely on the pass. So I think they looked at it like, wait, we might have some games here down the stretch where we got to throw it to win, and that's why they wanted Woods, OBJ, and Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson. I don't think it's going to be a problem out there. I know Sean McVay, he's one of the best communicators in all of football. And Stafford, I don't know. Listen, Stafford doesn't seem to be affected by anything. If I had one thing I would say negatively about him, I'd like to see him mother his own team or do something like that every now and then, you know, to, to be that type of leader. I, I don't think he's going to feel the pressure of OBJ. 
Watch Billy perk up right here. Is there anyone in the Sims' family, okay, anyone in Sims' family where a young Chris Sims is playing quarterback, fans are heckling him, and someone throws a pretzel at the fan? Is there anyone who would do that in the Sims' family? Because I believe Matthew Stafford's wife did that. <laughs> oh, you know what? I heard that. I forgot. I, you know what? I, I, I saw that the other day, and I didn't, I didn't really understand what was being talked about there. no. I don't think – well, listen, If I think if, like, my family was in the stands and they were – I was getting heckled, I think you'd have to worry about Big Phil. Big Phil would be the one that'd be like, hey, hey, shut your ass up. You know, he'd be the one to say something like that, definitely. Uh, uh, you know, so you know, we're, we're, we're all a little red-ass in our family, as is, but – uh, I don't think so. Again, I used to sit in the stands with my mom back in the day, watch my dad. And, you know, I heard a lot of things that weren't complimentary to my father up here in the New York area. You got to <laughs> learn to just take it and, you know, realize like Mrs. Stafford, at the end of the day, you're winning. Your, your husband's bringing a, a $1.5 million <laughs> check home after each game. <laughs> I told you Billy perked up. <laughs> well, no, I'm wondering if your dad, like let's say things are going poorly for you, for example, and the crowd has turned on you. Is your dad more likely to turn around and defend you or join in? If he really legitimately didn't think it was my fault and I was being booed, he probably would say something to some fans. But if I was like playing shitty, then he'd probably just take it and, and go lay his playing shitty. He was throwing pretzels at you. Yeah, he might be. He might, he might be. You think he's playing uh, bad now? He was wet in the bed until he was eight. It's, 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 it's tough on a family, you know, sitting in the stands. It is. It's tough. And that's why I think now you don't see any of the superstar quarterbacks family sit in the stands. They usually have their own, you know, box where they can sit there and shelter themselves a little from the hate. Pretty cool to see Cam back last week, right? He's going to start this week, but it was just cool to see Cam Newton back in Carolina and back being productive in the NFL. Great story. You know, it really is. I, I like Cam. I like rooting for him. You know, you guys have heard all the stories with Cam. He's a great leader. Yeah, I mean, you're already hearing it down there. I mean, Matt Rule loves Cam Newton and the experience of what he does to your team. He brings energy to your locker room on a daily basis. That's why New England liked him. So everybody's ready to practice and work hard every day when your quarterback comes in and has got that kind of life and energy, let alone he gives you confidence because he's built like a Greek god. And you just go, man, I'm glad he's on our team. I think we got a chance to win. And Carolina, I think they finally realized who they are. They're going to go – they're going to play a little bit like New England. It's going to be defense, run the ball, you know – run out the clock, play through the defense. Oh, wait, we got one-on-one. -on -one. Let's take a shot to Robbie Moore or, you know, uh, Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. You know, short passes and runs with McCaffrey. And I think that's the way they're going to play. And to me, that fits Cam Newton ball right there. And then a few quarterback design runs, you know, if they play that way, they're going to be, you know, a bastard to deal with because their defense is one of the best in football. And if the offense just doesn't screw it up like Sam Darnold was, They'd be in a better spot right now than they are. It's funny because Justin Herbert Sims, he stands out so much on the field that no one really questions him, even though he's taken a little step back this year. Yes. No right. one, because we can all see the talent. But I'll ask you because 
We're not watching every play. We're not dissecting the film. So are you seeing anything different from this year that you weren't seeing last year? Is it him, a team thing? What's going on there? Yeah, it's a little of everything right now. I think the first thing is, and I said this before the year, I don't know why they let Shane Steichen go, the offensive coordinator now for the Eagles. I mean, they had something special last year to what you're saying. I mean, they go, wow, that was a special year. He's a creative offensive mind. They brought in Joe Lombardi from the Saints, so I understand that. You know, he's been around Drew Brees and Sean Payton. He obviously knows his stuff, but here's two things that just jump out to me. Herbert has been a hair off. He A hair off last week. I know the Eagles game the week before that, he was a machine, but we've seen the Eagles get picked apart with, like, intermediate passes by the Raiders just a week or two before that. So the two things that jump out to me, they don't have a downfield threat. Like they got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams who are very good, but they're not speed guys. Let me, whoa, safety's got to get back because they're going to get burned for 60-yard bombs. So that to me would be one thing that's missing. The other thing too, Joe Lombardi's offense, in my opinion, is Sean Payton light. That's what it is. It's like the basics of his offense. And I think as I've watched, because I watch the Chargers almost every week on film and really study them, like teams have caught up to it. It's a little too predictable. And when you don't run the ball and they're not good at running the ball, and then you don't get a defense to back the hell off a little bit, you know, then they can play aggressive and they kind of know where they're being attacked. And to me, those are the biggest issues with the Chargers. Put us in the moment when uh, Texas is losing to Kansas in football. Not basketball, Sims. In football. (laughs) What was the reaction of Chris Sims? Uh, For those of you who don't know, and Chris, you know this, okay? There are plenty of people in the audience who know you more as a broadcaster than as a Texas quarterback, okay? Chris Sims played quarterback at the University of Texas. That's why I'm asking him the question. He cares about the school and program deeply. So go ahead. You lost the game. Yep, I do. I do. And, you know, we were good when I was there. We were were really good. We were a top five team my last three years at college. So um, it's a shame to where the program's at. I mean, come on. Schools like North Dakota State and Memphis are putting out more pros than Texas is the last four or five years. That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It really is. With all the resources they got down there, you know, the other night, I'm not even going to lie. I wasn't even watching the game. I was like, I'm not going to watch that game. I don't give a damn about Texas versus Kansas. I know it's my school, but there's some other good games on. But then I started to get friends texting me. The score. And I was like, what? So I started to turn it over and watch. And I mean, first off, I mean, Kansas's helmets are the ugliest helmets in all of sports. I don't know if that's Toucan Sam or a Jayhawk on their side of their helmet. But whatever it is, it kicked your ass, Sims. It kicked our ass. It kicked our ass. Listen, there's, there's, uh, the talent level on their team, you know, they got a receiver and the running back number five. I look at them and go, damn, they're the real deal. But after that, I go, they don't even look the same on the field as the Ohio States, the Michigans, or the SEC teams. They're in a different class. It's a different class of a school right now. And we'll see where it goes. You know, the problem with Texas, too, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. You've heard Nick Saban say it before. I don't want to go to Texas. Yeah, they'll give me $12 million a year, but I have to answer to, you know, 15 different billionaires every day to, for them to tell me how to run the team, you know? So that's annoying. And they do get involved too much there. And I don't know what it's going to take to get a jump started, but um, it's, I mean, it's Texas. You know, here's the other thing too. A lot of those kids, their dream 
is to go to Texas and play football there. And I think they get there sometimes and they go, we made it. And because it's Austin and it's a great city, you get treated like you're an NFL star in Austin. And I do think that plays into the situation too. Like when, when I was at Texas and Kyle Shanahan transferred there, like one of the first times we went to a bar together, he was like, dude, they treat you like you're John Elway. And I was just like, I know it's ridiculous, right? Like, you know, I just like, it, it's ridiculous. I hadn't done shit. I played in a few games. It was good, but I was the top recruit in the country coming out and they treat you like God. So it's easy to get soft because of that. And um, yeah, it's just disappointing right now. It really is. And I don't know, maybe it's karma for our, our bad fight song with the, the, uh, uh, eyes of Texas, you know, I've been working on the railroad that to me makes a lot of people uncomfortable. I don't like that either. To bring everything full circle, Levitt's hard. Okay. He should have went with you. Rolling Stones in Austin, Texas this weekend. Okay. Now yes. they'll have a good experience because Levitard has money, but if you went with Sims, it'd be a lot better experience. Would it not? Well, it could be, it could be bad too. <laughs> it could go either way. Like I was loved and hated there. Right. You know, I had some people that of course loved me and whatever. And, you know, respected what I did, but there was certainly a faction of the fan base who really treated me like shit too. They did not like that a, a Yankee was the quarterback of their Texas football team. That's what I got called a lot when I was down there. A lot of people would always be like, Yankee, go back to the Northeast, you Yankee. You know, I had somebody <laughs> key the word Yankee into the side of my car after we lost to Oklahoma one year. It was so like, I have a love hate relationship with the Texas fans too. It was a booster score, though. No, it was it was Phil that did it to you after a bad game. Instead of the pretzels, he got the key yeah. out. He said, the hell with this guy. All right, check him out on Button Podcast, Football Night in America, and PFT with Mike Florio. He is the best every week right here on God Bless Football. Chris, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, man. Thanks, guys. Be good. Have a good weekend. I'll start with Chris here. Because uh, Thanksgiving is upon us, and I'm wondering what Thanksgiving looked like in the Gronkowski family. Man. Going broke. <laughs> trying to feed you guys. <laughs> How many people come over? Are there football games out in the lawn? What is Big G doing? Like, paint a picture for us. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, paint a picture. Right, my mom will get uh, like double turkeys. So she'd get mm. like two of the biggest ones she could get. We had to get the double ovens, or she'd ask like a neighbor to cook one for us. And um, yeah, it was it would start in the morning. She started cooking. We play football, like backyard football, all that, and all the cousins would come over. But probably like twenty people over the house, and just turn into all out brawls every time. That was it. Just turkey, no sides. What's your favorite side, Gronk? Uh, my mom would make like a green bean casserole, shocker, uh, mashed potatoes. She make a lot of pies. So she make like homemade apple pies, and they were unreal. So we crush crush a lot of pie. Mojo, Great. you're part of you're part of the family, Mojo. Have you ever been to a Gronkowski Thanksgiving? No, not a Thanksgiving. I mean, once we all started playing college NFL, right. we're never together anymore on Thanksgiving. So right. we haven't had a an all out like Thanksgiving with all all the bros in a long time. Java, favorite side, favorite side dish, Thanksgiving. You gotta understand as Native Americans, that's really not the holiday we truly generally celebrate. So okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but knowing what it is, so it's everybody always asking. I mean, it's it is what it is. But uh, I mean, probably the tradition. I, I love a good mashed potato. Yeah, it's boring, but I, I do love a good mashed potato. Little chunks in it. I don't like it super creamy. Uh, Mojo, 
stuffing all the way because I like to stuff it. Got <laughs> me stuffing nonstop. So I actually had an argument with Tori Smith about this. It turned into a big Twitter debate. What? He said stuffing has no place on a uh, Thanksgiving table. Really? At all. Tori Smith, the wide receiver, most notably of the University of Maryland, of course, go Terps. Um, right. But of course, had a great NFL career too. Um, mm-hmm. That stuffing does not belong on the table whatsoever, and I took offense to that. Um, I mean, we we should all take offense to that. Uh, by the way, Tori Smith next week on the show. What do you think? <laughs> we might have to bring him in to talk about this and defend his claim because it seems like we're all in agreement. <laughs> uh, Mojo, what's going on TMZ Sports this week? Anything? Anything happened? You got to watch the show and find out, baby. We're killing it over there, man. We got this segment called Mojo Mono, where we uh, get my opinion right. on controversial matters. If I'm for it or against it, it's the most fun part of the show. Oh, it's got that. my face all over it. I'm flexing in the graphic, looking so much more jacked than Chris G's oh, ever been God. in his entire life. Mm. Uh, next week after Thanksgiving dinner, Chris will probably be fatter than he usually is walking around. So I have more <laughs> to say that. <laughs> Mojo Mono, the best part of TMZ sports. You got to give Stu Gatz credit because you didn't really give us a teaser. He threw you an alley-oop for us to tune in to give us a little taste. You know, he gave you just the tip right there. So, you know, that's that's a nice alley-oop he gave you. Yes. This is teamwork. Chris is over there going into business for himself. Yeah, he's got mm-hmm. his ice shaker. He, he doesn't have any for us. And I mean, Chris doesn't need of, us. You guys realize that? Okay? On, he need any of us? Okay. <laughs> hey, right before this this show, I just emailed back some uh, some proofs with the Stu Gotts logo on it. So wow. I don't know what Mojo's talking about. Wow. <laughs> said, let, let me know addresses so I can send some out. Look at that. Oh wow. yeah. That's the Stu Gotts logo right there. Yeah. On the ice shaker. I love that. Right what after Logan Talk Trash. Yeah. I got you, Chris. I, I need to know the new logo, man. I can't use the WWE. Um, yeah, I need the the new updated mojo action. Oh no, I said Billy and Mike. They got they got oh. shakers coming too, or what? Yeah, yeah. Person, look at Mojo. He's always looking out for everybody. Mojo. Thank you, Mojo. Mojo, yeah. Mojo, Mojo. Yeah. Mojo on that. Mojo. Yeah. Mojo on yeah. Yes. <laughs> Does Job have an ice shaker? No, nah, he's using some other crap, man. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jabba, do you want one? <laughs> I feel like Jabba, you would use anything that you get sent for free. Duh. What's the coolest thing Jabba Chamberlain received for free throughout his career, his playing career? Because when you're playing, people are trying to give you free shit all the time, right? Uh, a lot of vehicles. Yeah. What's the <laughs> nicest one? Do you still have any of them? No, they, what they do is they let you drive them and then they sell them actually by probably my most favorite one. Like I had Tahoes and all that stuff, but I think my favorite one was the Audi AAL. And then we got to the World Series that year. Then they took it from me and gave me another one and sold that one. And I signed the dashboard for like 240000 or something. It was like a wow, hundred. Damn. Yeah. It wow. Was, it, I mean, it was awesome. I got pulled over all the time for my windows being too dark. And I, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, Grog, coolest thing you ever got for free? And that, that's, I don't get cars. I don't yeah. rob get cars, but um, yeah. they do that, man. They, they take the cars. 
They let the players drive them, they soup them up, and then they sell them for way more. And they're like, oh, that was Gronk's car for the last two years. It's <laughs> a heady play, i got to be honest with you. That's yeah, a great play. <laughs> it really is. Hey, Rob, just get in the car for one f***ing minute so I can sell it for $500,000 more. Can Rob climb into my car one day? <laughs> it's brilliant because they're going to get the car anyways, so why not make money? And we don't drive that much during the season. So, I mean, it's brilliant. All right, so the winner of this uh, pick contest has to get uh, Jabba's car. Well, you're right, Jabba's car. (laughs) (laughs) The fan has to clean Rob's car. (laughs) Now, the loser has to get Rob on, and the winner has to ask Rob to sign my dashboard. (laughs) Yes. All right, are you guys ready for some games here? Let's do it. Uh, Let's go to uh, the Panthers. Cam Newton making his first start in many, many years, okay, for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he played last year, but for the Panthers, he has not started a game since 2019, 2018. So the Panthers at home, uh, they're taking on the football team. The Panthers are minus three and a half. Again, I will start with Jabba, who just got up. That doesn't work well for us. I'll go to Mojo. Mojo, go ahead. Panthers minus three and a half at home. Take it on the football team. Oh, man. The football team. Gotta love that name. They were after what they did to the Bucks last week, but then they just lost Chase Young for the season, right? They did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Mojo's football. Yeah. Remember Mojo who does. the coach is for the football team. That's true. Man, my gut's telling me Panthers, but we're going to go ahead and uh, hit Washington. All right, so you're taking Washington. Uh, Jabba, who are you going with? Gronk has to go last year. I'm going Panthers at home. Cam being back, I think the energy that he created. Okay. Getting that penalty for saying I'm back was bogus last week. Yep. All right, so Gronk, now you just got to pick with your heart, like pick with your head here, like whoever you like. You're not fit because you're going to fade one of them anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always one that you should fade a lot more than the other one. So, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with the points here. Okay, good. <laughs> you're just going to fade Jabba. Jabba, when you go 5 and 0, you're going to come on here and let everyone have it, aren't you? Oh, I'm going to have party poppers, air horns. You're going to get 30 <laughs> seconds of nothing just but noise. Right. I'm, I'm going to be sick that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm be 0-5 that day. All right, me, um, me and Chris are both going to be sick that day. <laughs> all right, Mojo, you're, uh, you're first here. Let's go Bills. Buffalo Bills, minus seven. They are home against the Colts. Colts play much better. Uh, Mojo, Bills, minus seven at home. Who you got? Let's go Buffalo. All right, Buffalo, uh, Gronk, who you got? Oh, man, that's seven points? Yeah. I'll go, I'll go Colts here. Jabba, put the kiss of death on one of them. Go ahead. <laughs> Take the bills. All right, all right. Mojo, you want to change your pick? <laughs> no, I'm sticking with my guy. All right. Let's do it, Jabba. All right, here we go. Buccaneers, minus 10 and a half at home. Take it on the Giants. I'm going to start with uh, – I'm going to start with Mojo here. Mojo, Buccaneers, minus 10 and a half. Take it on the Giants at home. We got coming off a loss, by the way, uh, to the coming football team. Coming off two yeah. consecutive losses surrounding the bye week. We mm-hmm. uh, we talked about this on TMZ Sports. Um, I'm going with the Bucs. <laughs> There's no way Brady doesn't check this. Okay. Uh, let's go to uh, Chris. Chris, who do you got here? Go Giants here. All right. Wow. Big Jabba, who are you going with? 
He answered that way too quick. He might know some shit that we don't know. That wasn't fair. He answered that way too quick. Uh, yeah, no, he might talking. know shit that we don't know. He does know shit that we don't know. I mean, of course he does. <laughs> I don't I don't like that. I mean, that was way too quick. And he was confident because he went straight back with the ice shaker to the face and didn't even dodge. Is that the go-to move for him? Is that what he's tell. in his up? You're right. Work this whole time. He's got insider info. Or hey. maybe, or maybe Jabba, he is giving off confidence mm. and he's perhaps not that confident. You never know. No. I'll, I'll say this. I do not ask my brother if he's going to play or not because I don't even want to know because everyone <laughs> all week long and right. I don't want to know the answer. So I, okay. I don't know. I truly don't know if he's going to play or not this week. Okay. I mean, I think you know, Brady can can ride the ship and understand what it takes to win. And I think I think the Bucks go. All right, so Buccaneers. All right, we go to uh, maybe the game of the year. I mean, Chiefs and Cowboys. Uh, and Brock, you will go last year. You afforded, you have earned the opportunity to go last year. Okay. So we have Chiefs, Cowboys, Chiefs minus two and a half. They seem to have righted the ship. Five touchdowns, no interceptions for Mahomes last week. Uh, they played very, very well. So Chiefs minus two and a half at home against what many people consider to be the best team in the NFL. That is the Dallas Cowboys. So Jabba Chamberlain, I will start with you. Who do you have? I think Mahomes keeps it going. I mean, obviously he came out and threw five touchdowns and over 400 yards and now coming home to Arrowhead's a, a huge advantage. And, you know, I think, uh, I think he brings it home. So I'm going to go Chiefs. All right, Mojo. I'm looking for a coin to flip, but I don't have any handy. It feels like that kind of game, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. That's when you take the points, man. I'll take the point. So, Chiefs. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Okay. Uh, no, the, the pick's official. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll take I the point. Be kidding or not. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right, Gronk, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with the number one offense. I'm going with uh, the Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> Is that because the there's a Cowboys jersey literally right mm. behind your head? No, that's because they're getting points and they're the number one. <laughs> <offense. And> they're <laughs> that's because he knows what takes the point. Me <laughs> take the points. Me. <laughs> Holy shit. That is classic. All right. And uh, final game. That was four, right, Billy? All right. Final game here. Oh, man. All right. So we'll go from the best game of the week to the worst game ever. Okay. Perfect. The Jets Dolphins. I was about game. to say, who are the Jets playing? Wow. The Jets are plus three at home against the <laughs> – this is how bad the Jets are. Joe Flacco starting. The Jets are getting points at home against a team that's won three games. Okay, <laughs> so uh, the Jets are plus three at home, taking on the Dolphins. Uh, Jabba, you will go last year. Grok, you go first. All right. Um, when two terrible teams are playing, I just take the points every time. So I'm going to keep it. <laughs> home points. dog. Home dog yeah. taking the Jets. Yep. Take okay. the point at home. Mojo. I like my strategy of picking opposite Chris. So mm. um, who'd you say? You said the Jets. He did the I'll Jets. I'll take the points and take the Dolphins. Okay. <laughs> you like that strategy? You went four and one last week, Mojo. <laughs> but the week that I went opposite him, I yep. kicked the crap out of him. You did. That's fair. All right, Jabba, who are you going with? I'm going with the Dolphins. I mean, the Jets are in shambles. So. Yeah. 
So the Dolphins. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Should I do? Should I redo all my picks and just go opposite Chris every game? I, I think like I'm kind picks. of already doing that. I think Bill, Job just went opposite on every single pick of mine. The way the NFL is going, you, you mean you have no idea. So no idea. Well, yeah, this away. isn't going to go. It seems like some people have an idea. Yeah, Chris. Chris seems to have an idea every week. Yes. Well, his idea is to go against Jabba. That's his idea. So Jabba, are you gonna are you gonna consult your son again? How are you gonna do this? One hundred percent. You want okay? So you'll let Billy know if you want to change any of these, right? Okay. All right, uh, Jabba. You have anything to promote or just being Jabba? Just listening to the boys. I'm I'm ready for my mojo segment. What do we got? <laughs> We're just skipping Gronk at this point. <laughs> yep. I want to know if you got that ring yet. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. From that's Super right. Jeweler, nonetheless. Check his Instagram. That's right. <laughs> Guys, help me out. Give me a free ring so I can say that that's the coolest thing I've ever gotten for free for the question you asked the boys earlier. I mean, you have a jeweler. <laughs> right. Super. Jeweler, not yes. just the jeweler, the super jeweler. Mm-hmm. Just saying. All right. But that being said, let's go ahead and shout out Beyond Protocol. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Promote yeah, whatever man, you want. You already know we partnered up last week on the Gronk show. Mojo was the special guest, and we gifted all five. Bro- well, Rob already has some, but we gifted the remaining four brothers. Uh, some tokens to get them a part of the family. So check them out. Beyond Protocol, making big moves, big future plans coming that we can't yet talk about. Well, they can't yet talk about. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do another giveaway. We'll probably give away some more tokens next week. So we'll do it right here with you guys to uh, reward your listeners for putting up with our crap for the past month or two. That would be fantastic. They love you guys, by the way. All three of you. Our listeners love you guys. Can you give Jabba a f- token? Seriously. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. We got to get Jabba in on this. Promote something for Chris. Go ahead, Mojo. Promote your show, man. Last week, he was on the, the Gronks Live. Mojo carried a double the amount of live viewers that uh, Rob did the week before. Wow. Well. Mojo. Wow. He's the draw. So Mojo, me, brought in double the amount of listeners that Rob Gronkowski brought live live like they were listening live. to you live like you kept their attention to to keep them on there the whole time live which is pretty impressive and you didn't even have a dog humping your arm right well chris who y'all got on this week y'all got yeah, any special got, yeah yeah we got bobby goons oh wow Wait, bobby oh. goons is going on your show and not on this oh, show we banned him from this show. Oh, that's right. right we banned him we didn't we allow bobby on because he's too hollywood these mm-hmm. days. right he's too hollywood you're right chris you you're guys right. must have talked to his agent and his manager and his attorney and his entertainment attorney and all that to get him on huh yeah he shut us down at first actually and then um classic bobby Goons. he asked for next yeah. week and i said man it's thanksgiving next week and he said all right i'll talk to my manager and get back to you and he you know he said he could give us 10 minutes Guys, this is big news because I will say that that's going to be a great episode because for all the years we went out partying, there was usually one constant, and that was that Bobby Goons was running security and not drinking, which means he remembers all Mm -hmm. of the antics as they actually happened. Oh, wow. You know, from, from an outsider's perspective, a very neutral take on the shenanigans that have transpired over the last decade or longer. So he's probably got some pretty solid stories to tell, Chris, if I'm uh, if I'm right on this. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. He even drove the Gronk bus, the original, across oh, the entire wow. country. What? Wow. 
the being whole in thing. a party bus is awesome, but driving a party bus, that Sounds sucks miserable. more than yeah. anything. <laughs> that's yes. a terrible job. But he was sober. He could tell all the stories. OK, so that's the important part. And that's what Chris and wants. Because okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. he remembers them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right. All right, boys, we'll talk to you next week. Good luck. God, God, bless, you guys. Football. God bless football. God bless football. So guys, I'm excited. Tori Smith. Huh? No one's ever been excited, this excited for Tori Smith. No I one. Mean, no, but it's, no one. I'm excited too. And that was not a mm-hmm. shot at Tori Smith. It seemed like you, it. Yeah, but you're like super excited. You're bouncing out of your chair. Well, I mean. because it's not just Tori Smith. It's Tori Smith talking about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving right. week. That's the uh, if you look, so guys, if you ever wanted to talk to Tori Smith about Thanksgiving, what would be the week to do it? Thanksgiving week. There you go. See, you're right. You're, I stand corrected. Billy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. But our track record doesn't indicate that we're actually going to get Tori Smith. We've hit a <laughs> we've hit a bit of a. It's not our track uh, track record. It's Java's track record. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? Those guys are. What? I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that we can get Tori Smith because we just had Andy Reid. Which, by the way, like again, that was yes. the real Andy Reid. Because yes. I feel like people might be saying, you know what, that was Frank Caliendo or something. Not the case. I don't think he even does an Andy Reid. And if he does, then I regret even bringing that up. But like, that was actually Andy Reid. Yeah, that was Andy. We had Andy Reid. You're still glowing that we had Andy Reid on. <laughs> I just yes. can't believe that we can't get BJ Upton, but we can get Andy Reid mid-season. <laughs> God bless for Paul.